You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast, a Night Shift Radio original. Every week, we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. Shiva baby. Baby. <laughs> it's Shiva baby. It's Shiva baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,. Yeah, so Shiva Baby, uh, Shiva Baby is is the episode we're covering today. And for those of you that have been listening and following along, um, you're probably like, wait a minute. That's you not right. said it was supposed to be obvious child, and you would be correct. You are, yes. However, obvious child uh is not available streaming uh uh anymore, uh, except for rent. Uh so we switched and said to Shiva Baby, which is gonna be our episode today, and it is written and directed by Emma Seligman, yeah. um, who just very impressive resume uh so far. She has Bottoms, which is coming out uh, very oh, that soon. That looks very good. And uh uh what else did she got? Oh, that's it pretty much. She did Shiva Baby and Bottoms. And, uh, uh I think I was thinking of Rachel Sennett, who is the lead in this. She was in Bodies, 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 <laughs> and she's in uh Bottoms. And Bottoms features uh Iota Beery, who has been uh you know, we mentioned she was in um uh How It Ends, but also has has gotten a lot of popularity recently from being in The Bear. Yeah. Yeah, so very excited for that. That looks that looks very good. Also, Marshawn Lynch, which I love that. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I mean, we we were very excited to cover another Jenny Slate film. But you know what? Sometimes we just don't feel like ponying up to rent a film for this podcast. Sometimes we just want to we want to go with what we already paid for. And apologies if you don't have Max, but like we did. So <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we do. That's just um, it's just what it is. But by a happy coincidence, this is a back-to-back Fred Malamed uh, <laughs> review, because last week we had Fred in uh, in a world, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then in this week we have uh, Fred in Shiva Baby, also playing the Jewish dad. I've gotten a lot of Fred Malamed uh, lately, and uh, also uh, more Jackie Hoffman than I expected, because uh, she's in this as well, uh, yep. because both of them were in the writer's room in Reboot, and Ellen and I watched <laughs> that recently on, yeah. on your recommendation. Um, which I can't remember if we talked about that at all on this show, but great little show. We did show. a couple times, yeah. Could definitely have gone for more than one season, but one of those where like they wrapped it up enough that like when it got canceled after one, you know what? Okay, I'm good. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't like a huge cliffhanger. There was enough where you could kind of like make the story yourself and be like, oh yeah. So she ended up going on and writing blah. You know, like you could you could figure it out. Um, shame though that cast and was, was great the writing was really funny it's a shame uh and uh, another quick tie into uh iota berry and the bear uh molly gordon is in this uh this film in shiva baby and she was of course claire in uh, the second season of the bear oh for, see? Uh, for anyone who's watched that you'll know exactly why that was heartbreaking for me to see her <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know what? That being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And on a hot and sunny Tuesday afternoon, I'm Sabrina Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> I so turn, uh, I to, turn my AC off because it makes too much noise for the recording. It does. It does. <laughs> I know. It'll be okay. We'll be quick. We'll be fine. Uh, 
So uh, we're continuing on our month of uh, female-fronted, directed or written films. And again, we mentioned uh, uh, Emma Seligman is the uh, writer and director of this. She also uh, made a short uh, for Shiva Baby, and that is what got her to raise enough funds for a feature. Um, So that is based off that, which also starred Rachel Sennett uh, as the lead role of Danielle. And... uh... I mean, she was absolutely excellent, and so I'm I'm glad to yes. hear that. Uh, fun little trivia bit because this uh, this is a very queer story, and I love that. Uh, looking through the photos on IMDb, there's a whole bunch of cast photos that are done like almost like school portrait style. The background, I think, most likely entirely intentional, is all like bisexual lighting, and I, oh. I love it. I love that's it. That's great. Yeah. That, that's another one where it may have been like on purpose or just like a happy coincidence. Yeah. You know? either, either way, it absolutely works. Uh, yeah. So uh, this movie was fucking weird, man. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we've talked many times before where we talk about movies that are just like you just drop in and watch a moment in time and Mm -hmm, then you bounce mm -hmm. out. Uh, This is definitely one of those movies because this movie doesn't necessarily end. There's not really a resolution. I mean, you could kind of be like, no, there is a resolution, but like not really. Like we don't see like nobody says like, well, now we're going to do this. It's just sort of very implied. But it, it works for this movie. It act, it really neither begins nor ends. Um, yeah. And so uh, a little bit of warning. Um, it, it, like, I put this film on, and I was sitting down in the living room by myself to watch it. And uh, within the first few seconds, uh, there is a sex scene, no nudity, but very loud sex noises. And Ellen comes down the stairs. Is that you? I was like, yeah, I'm just blasting porn in the living room on a Sunday afternoon. No, it's the fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's spectacular. Yeah, that that opening scene is definitely like, oh, shit, check the volume, you know, kind of. That's that's one of those. Uh, You know, one of the things interesting, though, there was a lot of production companies that had their hand in this one. That opening credits were forever, took forever. I like that... That's something that, like, prior to being even, like, remotely involved in or even, like, reviewing films, I never understood how many hands were involved. I, I have a better better sense of that now. Uh, but for people that might, do you want to give a, a quick explanation of how that works? Yeah, so there's a lot of different things that production services could actually be uh, used for. So some could be a production company was used just for distribution. Another could be a production company was used specifically just to raise funds. Another one was used maybe for production services, like getting uh, crew and equipment. Another one could just be like a location service. Like there's a lot of different production agencies that do a lot of different things. Um, You know, another one could have been just office space that Mm. was a production company that just offered them office space um so that definitely you know i I would assume that probably this is the case i I would assume in this case though being it's you know it's a small indie film that this was probably likely a lot of different production companies raised funds for the film so everybody kind of got their name uh in it and that's where uh you know you, you see all those sort of names and intros so it just sort of depends on what the company did whether they get an opening intro yeah well that's neat that's neat um yeah, yeah so fucking hell 
so the the premise of this movie, premise, a, uh, at a Jewish funeral service with her parents, a college student runs into her sugar daddy and ex-girlfriend. So we know right away that there's going to be some awkwardness in this film. But I don't know. I I hmm, I probably should have been prepared. But like I've never I've never attended a shiva. I've never sat sat shiva. Is that the terminology? Shiva. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shiva is uh, a Jewish funeral. I've yeah. never attended well, like a, a wake. But yeah. Yeah. I've never attended a Jewish funeral. I've never uh, been in a shiva. Um, but like I should have expected that this was probably going to really lean heavily into like family and community drama. Uh, I was not nearly prepared for how uncomfortable this movie was going to be. Uh, yeah. I, ex- I expected like dark comedy. This movie was borderline thriller. <laughs> <laughs> I just, every time she like tries to exit a scenario and someone's like, Oh my God, Danielle. I'm like, fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> like, this just, poor girl. Like you feel it in your bones. You're like, Oh my God, what is happening? She's just constantly cornered. And like, that was stressing me out. And Ellen, who, uh, not from a Jewish family, but did grow up in a large family, so spent a lot of time in large family gatherings. Uh, was just like, this is fucking triggering. I like, I wish I hadn't watched this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a lot. So for those of you that maybe you know one uh, live in you know are part of a Jewish community, or if you were raised in a large family, you will get that like, you know. What is you have an eating disorder? Why aren't you eating? You're so yeah. skinny. Like why oh. or who are you dating? Why aren't you dating anyone? Where are you working? And it was just nonstop questions. You're like, oh my God. Just like a ton of those like bizarre, unrealistic expectations and projections and like gossipy chit chat where like no one actually is looking out for the best interest of the person they're talking about. They're just projecting their own expectations forward a generation. And it's like, I didn't grow up in around any of that. So anytime I see that, all I can think of is like, hell no. Like I would take one look around that room and fucking leave. Uh, but so many people don't really seem to have that luxury. And I just, I just, I want to tell you that like, you can just leave the room. Like, yeah, just, just push right past the person who steps in your way to ask you uncomfortable questions and just leave. <laughs> no, thanks. And just keep walking. <laughs> yeah. You know, I grew up in a very small family, so, you know, I, I didn't have to deal with this sort of stuff um either but i definitely felt it um you know the i think the director and rachel uh um senate do a really good job of teaching us like what that feels like Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so kudos kudos to emma the director and kudos to rachel for doing that so yes like you said the very first scene that happens is you know uh, a pretty loud sex scene um, you know, which concludes rather quickly. It, you know, we see them from a distance and they're somewhat blurred out. She gets up, you know, immediately after, puts on her clothes, changes, and then, you know, while they're while he comes up, puts on his clothes, he comes up, and then they're just sort of like standing there awkwardly, and she's like, Did you forget? Or and he's like, Oh, right, right, right. And then he hands her, you know, a couple hundred dollars or something. So um, that's our implication that he is sugar daddy. And importantly, also makes it a point to uh, clip a really like fancy, expensive bracelet to her wrist before she leaves, and uh, like file that one away because that's going to be important. Yep. And uh, we hear it brought up that she is supposedly doing this to kind of put herself through law school. Um, so she's got her sugar daddy that's helping her pay the bills uh, as she goes to business school and then law school. Um, so off, off she goes, and now she's off to the shiva. 
which I love because it, it starts, it's either a voicemail or a text message from her mom. Like, honey, are you, are you coming to the funeral? You said you were, but your father said you're not. And just like, he's a mess. And everything. Like, just immediately, you know, what kind of energy is coming, at least from her parents. Yes. Yeah. And and it happens immediately. So the very next scene, she's she's dressed for the Shiva. She's walking down the street. And uh, her father, Fred Melamed, is, of course, yelling at her from across the street, waving his arms like a like a lunatic, you know, yelling at her, Danielle, Danielle, Danielle. And the mom's like, she can see you. He's like, I don't know if she can see me. I Maybe she can't hear me, too. And she's like, it's fine. It's fine. And it's like, oh, my God. I'm like... I uh, I spent a, a good probably too much of this this film wondering how she got to the funeral. I'm assuming like a, a rideshare, an Uber, a Lyft, or something like that. Um, because another thing that they make it a point to like really make sure you pay attention to in the beginning is that uh, mom's car is in the shop, so they drove dad's like work van, which is an old Chevy Astro, uh, yeah. which has like a bunch of work junk in the back. But it's important that that he brought the van. Just remember, he brought the van. Yeah, I cannot tell you how uh, like satisfying it was for all of the little things that they drop in the in the first like thirty minutes of this movie for yes. every single one Everything. of them to mean something. Everything from the bracelet, the van, you know, her talking about law school, like every single th- her phone everything to like to bring it back to what you said at the beginning like this like for this being such a moment in time capture for these characters with no real defined start or end time we're just like boom we drop into the life and then we leave everything everything has a payoff and like that is some fucking smart writing yeah it really is so so supposedly everything takes place within a 24-hour period um, but I would say it probably takes place in even less than that. Yeah, I definitely. would say we're talking under eight hours um, because she's at the sugar daddy's apartment in the morning. Mm-hmm. She gets the voicemail about the funeral is today. And then she goes to the funeral immediately after. And the rest of the film takes place at the Shiva. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I would say, you know, 24 hours, I would think maybe eight at most yeah. that this film takes place. Cause she's, there in the morning. Yeah, I mean, uh, like with him, the the longest amount of time is actually at the widow's house for the shiva, and like we don't know exactly how much time passes, but it's definitely like within a single day, like and like we get the impression that maybe she misses the actual funeral. She says that she's there, but nobody saw her, so like yeah. we can we can guess that she probably missed it because she was she was busy cleaning up after her dick appointment. Yeah. Um, but even so like so that would have been presumably morning and then the shiva probably was like afternoon through like the evening or something like that. So that's really our time frame. Yeah, it's it's really short and I like that about this movie because I feel like if you add more time, it takes away all of the tension that builds throughout the Shiva. Like mm-hmm. if you if you go right to that, right into the Shiva, like you already have that sense of like, oh, she's, you know, hooking up with the sugar daddy, which is totally fine, by the way, as long yeah. as it's two consenting and of age adults. Absolutely. Um, you know, totally fine. You know, I'm uh, go get a girl, you know. We, we support sex work on the Nohoi podcast. 
Yes. Uh, so, you know, but she goes immediately from that to the Shiva and then instantly starts getting questions asked about, asked about her love life. <laughs> and that's when it's like, ah, uh, fuck, this is awkward because like, how do you explain that? You know, like, or right. do you, well, you know, you don't is what she did. Um, so like, and, but you already have that sort of like anxiety about the fact that she is a sugar baby. Um, so, you know, you, you've already got that in your mind when she gets to this, uh, Shiva. Um, so she does ride with her parents. They get to the, uh, to the house, they start coming in and she's instantly bombarded with, you know, questions about, you know, how is school, which it seems like, you know, we, we don't get a definitive answer. We learned so far in the beginning that she is, uh, going to law school, um, but maybe, or was at business school with the intention of getting into law school, you know, we learned that maybe that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Instead, she says that she is looking for jobs and has a couple of interviews lined up. She, she kind of like works this out. She even says this is a really great line, uh, to her mom. She's like, okay, so what's my soundbite for this? Yes. And then she says like, okay, you're, you're, you know, uh, finishing up school. You have a couple of interviews pending you're going to see where it goes. Because they're establishing, again, like, immediately that there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable and really, like, intrusive questions, and you just, you have to be prepared to answer them, because, of course, you can't tell what's actually going on in your life, that you may or may not be actually going to school, that you're almost definitely not going to law school, that you don't have a job right now, and uh, we learned still lives with her parents, which, again, fine, but, like, or some reason that becomes a, a thing that she gets poked at for a few times because that means like, oh, well, you don't need the money because you, you live at home because, you know, no one would ever want to have their own money because, you know, when they live with their parents. I don't know, like, there, there's a lot of that that, that um, you're immediately set up for, like, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen repeatedly through this film. And so, um, no, I lost it. I had something. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the thing about that too, which I thought was really interesting is that every time she's asked those same questions, it doesn't feel repetitive. It, you feel like every time she's asked, like, what are you doing for school? Are you dating anyone? You know, well, look at you. You're so skinny. It doesn't get grading in the way of like, oh my God, like write something, you know, like give me more plot or something like that. You feel the anxiety of it. You yes. know, like you said, saying this is on the verge of thriller. Yes. It is. Like there's that anxiety level in this. And you're like, oh shit, they're going to ask the same questions again. What is she going to say? You know, like you feel it. Well, and then to add in another layer of weirdity, uh, we learned pretty early that, and I, I mean, we, we know it from the logline, but uh, her ex-girlfriend is there. We learned that Danielle is bi and that her ex-girlfriend Maya is like, you know, friend of the family and is going to be uh, at the Shiva. And, you know, we even get right at the beginning, Danny's mom saying, you know, no funny business with Maya. And it's like, what does that even mean? Like, what what are we talking about? Right. Uh, and so, of course, there's immediately that extra tension of like, oh, there's there's my ex, and like uh, <clears throat> a whole back and forth between them. Um, that's you know where we get the like, did did Danny actually go to the funeral? Because Mom's like, oh no, I, I didn't I didn't see you there. Oh yeah, I was there. I was definitely there. You just you just didn't see me. I, I was there. <laughs> which is great. And there's another one of those moments, albeit it's resolved very quickly, uh, where, um, there's two women and they're talking about, uh, about Danielle and they're like, you know, saying, Oh, she must have an eating disorder. Like she's so skinny. Like, what's the deal? Whoa. You know? And then is, then they go like, Oh, who's he? He's handsome. And she's like, Oh, that's so-and-so's boy. 
and then we don't see d- immediately who they're referring to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Maya gets a little, or uh, Danielle gets a moment of, of sort of uncomfortableness. And then the camera turns to reveal it was none other than Dr. Dick, the Dr. Uh, Dick. <laughs> the appointment that she had earlier, uh, which is Max, uh, played by uh, Danny DeFerrari, uh, who he shows up to the Shiva and, of course, locks eyes with Danielle immediately. And it's like, fuck. I love it. Because what what did she what excuse did she give him? Like, where was she going to be that day when she when she left his apartment? She said, I have to, to go to a thing. But she didn't say a funeral. So, no, like, it was, uh, was going to be there. Yeah. It was like, uh, some event. She said something to the effect of like with other students. Cause he makes a joke of like, if you're messing around with these kids, like how do you expect to, you know, get, get into law school basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So neither one of them are expecting to see the other at this. And so of course, uh, tremendous awkwardness ensues. Yeah. Which is great. So, you know, right off the bat, uh, you know, Danielle's mom, uh, Debbie is like, she's like, what? And she's like, oh, look, it's, it's Max. And she's like, wait, how do you know Max? <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, he used to work for your father, uh, you know, a, a while ago, he used to work for your dad. And she's like, uh, <laughs> and then she even calls her out. She's like, she's like, what are you doing? Don't, don't even think about it. He's married. She's uh... like, he's married. She's yep. like, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, you know, married to a shiksa, no less. Which yeah. uh, a shiksa, for those who are unfamiliar, is a non-Jewish woman that attracts Jewish men. Is uh, uh, technically a derogatory term, but yes, uh, I, I think often used somewhat lovingly. <laughs> I, I don't think I've, you know, as much as I know that it's an insult, like it's, you know, like you spit after you say that one. Uh, as much as I know that as an insult, I don't think I've ever heard it read like uh, said as an insult in any sort of media. Yeah, it's always meant as like some sort of playful, you know, a way to refer to a person. Well, I think of uh, one of the songs in the last five years is called Shiksa Goddess." Yeah, and he's referring to Anna's character. <laughs> so, which which is really funny about this is that um, the uh, actress who plays uh, the wife, um, who is uh, Diana Agron. Um, right? Uh, Kim? Yes. Yes. So Diana Agron is actually Jewish, whereas Rachel Sennett is not Jewish. Ah, they got him. They get to go with the old switcheroo there for you. Mix it up on us. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. I mean, Kim, they, they even make it a point. They're like, well, her father's Jewish, and oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> oh, that doesn't count. That's how I'm Jewish. This is my dad's Jewish. Well, my grandparents are Jewish, but my dad's Jewish. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Max is there. It's super awkward. They lock eyes, and they're both like, oh, shit. You know, so eventually they do end up like face to face, and he's like, oh, this is the thing you had to go to and she's like what are you doing here and she's he's like well i know i knew ava or whoever it was that died yeah and he's like you know and she's like you used to work with my dad and he's like that's your dad <laughs> she's like yes which is great great hilarious moment and this is another one where the tension gets ramped up and this is you know and you may thinking you know this is like one of those like comedy of errors no. and like oh this is silly but no it gets really dark and really fucked up like i felt bad for danielle like you you feel it like you 100% feel it with her like she is in it like she is having a moment and, and like completely panicking 
In like every scene, she feels like she has seconds from a complete breakdown because again, remember, she is constantly being cornered by friends of the family, distant relatives, whatever, who are just bombarding her with the same questions and the same not even thinly veiled insults about like her weight or her like her eating habits or like anything like that. And just like <clears throat> all of that like faux concern that you get from from the that kind of the, the kind of gathering. Um it's just it was it was so so stressful to watch. And so she's she's freaking out as she's trying to like field these questions, but also trying to like get out of these scenarios, but also keeping an eye on Max, but also catching eyes with Maya and just like spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. And it only gets worse when in the door walks Kim with a baby. Oh, so yeah. So we learned that Max is in fact married and has been for the past three years. Yeah. Uh, and that they just had a baby um, mm -hmm. probably, you know, within the past couple of months. Uh, just had a baby, so there's uh, there's a baby on board, and so now she is just learning that he's married, just learning that he has a baby, which is again, you know, there's an interesting thing about this where she's she's upset about it, uh -huh. um, and I think you know, uh, first off, these are the sugar baby daddy rules, like personal life is personal life, you know, you're not boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever, you aren't partners. Uh, this isn't. This is a financial arrangement. Yeah. Uh, don't don't and, get involved. Yeah, don't get involved. But she clearly is upset about this. You know, Max learning that she has been lying about uh, what she's using the money for. Um, you know, one of the things that she said uh, to him is that she was, you know, helping her pay rent, uh, that she was living on her own. Um, and, uh, and that that's not the case either. She's definitely living at home. She's not going to school the way he said, she said, so. Which like, he gets kind of weird about that in a way that he has no right to be, because if you've entered in, especially like we, we do later learn that she's using an app called sugar to uh, make these arrangements. So <clears throat> seemingly he's not the only person that she has an arrangement with. Um, he like gets mad finding out that she doesn't need the money, but like, motherfucker, you you entered into this arrangement of your own volition, your own free will. Like, what do you care if she needs the money and how she uses it? What legitimately? Why do you care? It, it doesn't matter to you. You're paying for a service. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter if the company needs it or not. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So like, I go to Target and buy stuff at Target because I want the stuff, not yeah. because I want to support Target. Nobody, they don't need me. <laughs> nobody thinks about if McDonald's needs their eight bucks for a Big Mac combo or right. whatever it is these days. <laughs> like There's, nobody thinks that was about quite that. Far off. Like you just wanted the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. But you know, uh, we under I understand a little bit of both of their like being taken aback uh -huh. because the situation they thought they were in is completely different. So I do understand them being like yo, what the hell is going on? Only because it's not what they were told is happening. And they, they both have that really weird, like, uh, projected energy of, like, somehow trying to maintain both illusions that what they have means nothing, it's just an arrangement, and that somehow, like, this one is special. And, right. Like, it's really weird because, like, this movie definitively makes it clear, like, these two cannot have it both ways. Yeah. 
Yep. And then to top it all off, she then does eventually talk to Maya and her and Maya just bicker at each other the entire time. And, you know, Maya blames her for things and she's Danielle's like, well, well whatever, um, you know, and then Maya calls her out and she's like, oh, are you t- t- still telling people you're, you know, going to law school? She's like, when was the last time you even went to school? Yeah. Like, you know, you're, aren't you doing your stand-up special, which I guess maybe she was a stand-up comedian or something. She was trying to do some, something in the way of art, yeah. maybe be an actress or something. And that's- um, it's very vague on that part. That's one of the few, like, actual complaints that I have about this movie is that because it's such a narrow snapshot, we really don't get any picture of who Danielle actually is. The only, yeah. the only way we, and call this a, you know, a, a, an aspect of the way the film is written and, you know, in some ways a positive one, the only way we actually can view Danielle is through everyone else's eyes. So, yeah. like, their expectations on her or their disappointments in her and so forth. So, <clears throat> You know, Danielle made the claim that she was in law school, but turns out it's actually Maya that's in law school. And uh, when Maya hears that Danielle had made that claim, she's a little bit uh, annoyed because it sounds like she's kind of using other people's lives to, like, make herself sound better in, in different situations, which obviously does seem to be the case. Yeah, um, you know, which is very interesting. So, So on top of all of this... Uh, you know, Maya is helping people out. Uh, somebody spills some stuff. She leans down to like help them pick it up and stuff. And she snags her leg on an exposed nail, uh, which ends up ripping her tights and uh, scratching her really deep, like actually mm-hmm. puncturing her skin mm-hmm. um, to which she sees. She goes to the bathroom. You know, she's trying to clean it up. She, you know, her tights are all ripped. So she just takes them off, you know, throws them in her purse And then while she's there, she sort of like has a moment in her brain. And then so she takes off her shirt. Again, no nudity in this scene either, just a little side boob. Mm -hmm. Um, She takes off her shirt. She takes a bunch of topless photos and immediately sends them to Max. Which, Um, if you remember from our bonus episode this past Monday, you don't ever text the person that's in the room in the like awkward situation. Just, just, Just wait. Just, just wait. wait. Yeah, wait like, till you know it's safe. It's 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 not ever going to work out well to try to be sneaky about that. <clears throat> right. So especially not mes- in a room full of very nosy people. <laughs> right. So off the text messages go, and uh, as she's sort of like finishing getting her shirt back on, you know, she's interrupted in the bathroom as somebody is needing to go in. So she is sort of rushed out of the bathroom. Take note of that. Yes. Uh, so off she is rushed out of the bathroom. You know, she ends up pairing back up with Maya again uh, to help pick up some stuff. And she's like, weren't you wearing tights earlier? And she's like, no. And she was <laughs> like, yeah, you were. Like, I saw you wearing tights. Like, she just is actively being like, no, to whatever Maya says, which is annoying. But like, also, like, I understand her, like, defiance to not want to be, like, drilled in right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, like, and- she she needs to be right. I'm like, I, I'm... I kept having trouble getting a read on the status of Danny and Maya's relationship, both like past and present, because Maya is like aggressive in the way that she like comes at Danielle with with these lines of, line of questioning. Like she's she's bitter about something, and yeah. we do later learn a little bit more about how things ended. But at this point, it's just like why why is she so mad? <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> like, it, if you're that it, yeah. mad, why are you talking at all? And that's another one of those, the you know, the point that you made about, like, we don't really know about Maya. We don't really know that, you know, why her and Maya break, why, I mean, we don't know about Danielle. We don't mm-hmm. know why they broke up. We don't know how recently, uh, recently they broke up, which seems to be very recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I would say within the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we don't know anything about, like, how long they were together. We do get a little bit of information where Maya and Max end up uh, kind of all being together. And Max is asking questions. And he's like, oh, who is this? Is this like your cousin? Like you guys look so much alike. And you know, Maya's like jokingly like, oh yeah, we get that all the time, but no, we've known each other since birth. Like we actually went to prom together. And you know, uh Danielle's trying to play it down. And then, you know, Max keeps being like, oh, yeah, so kind of like family, you know. And she's like, Yeah, like sisters. If sisters fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like, I she lost her virginity to me, had her first orgasm. Uh, you know, which is great. And it's just making Max more uncomfortable, but also at the same time blowing Danielle's cover. <laughs> it was great. It was, yes. it was it was excellent comedy. Terrible, like terribly uh, anxious scene, like a very, very, you know, anxiety inducing scene. Just be like, oh my God, oh my God, like she's, everyone's hearing everything. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually, you know, uh, Max and her again have it out. You know, they start, you know, having their moments where she's, uh, you know, they're they're fighting a little bit. Uh, and he's being like, well, why didn't you tell me this? Or why didn't you tell me this? You know, sort of thing. And then eventually she does come in contact with Kim, uh, the wife, to which Kim makes an observation uh, right off the bat. She looks down at Danielle's arm and sees that Danielle is wearing a very fancy diamond encrusted bracelet, which coincidentally, weirdly, Kim also has that exact same bracelet. Yeah, Max got that for her. And she's just curious, like, where like how uh, how Danny came to get it came to came to acquire that. Now the cover story she's been using is just she convinced her mom that her mom got it for her a long time ago. But Kim makes the observation like, oh, it's just it's it's just that it's a recent collection. It's, yeah, it's, ve- it's very new and it's very expensive. And the mother's like, oh, I'm I must have just I must have been so proud of you. Yeah. And she was just like, she's like, I mean, you know, it's just really expensive. And she's like, I, yeah, I mean, and the mom even says like, I don't even know how we afforded it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, which um, is great. So a little bit of suspicion brewing there yeah, uh, with bit. Kim as she bit. sees that something's a little weird. Um, um, but we learn which, you know, ironically... Max is the sugar baby of his relationship. That's true. Because that's true. his wife is the breadwinner. She she owns like three different companies. She's a huge entrepreneur. He has his own little bachelor pad uh, that he gets to hang out at. And she even makes the comment of like, yeah, well, you know, I got to keep working because this guy and his friends like to go to really fancy restaurants and stuff oh, like that. Uh, so, you know, interesting. Very, very curious indeed. Curious and curiouser. Well, and again, with the other thing, like everything has a payoff. Like at the very beginning, he's kind of talking down to uh, Danny. And he's like, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm just so supportive of female entrepreneurs and and like girl boss, whatever. And then it comes full circle to that moment, and she's like, oh, I guess you're just, you're just really supportive of female entrepreneurs, aren't you? That's just <laughs> that's so wonderful of you, Max. 
which is fantastic. That's another one of those great uh, full moments, uh, full circle moments. Now, at the same, you know, roughly at the same time, you're probably wondering, hey, what was the deal with her getting rushed out of the bathroom? That that was weird, right? Yeah, like that yeah. must have meant something because they really focused on the phone laying on the on the toiletry uh, cart that was there. Yep. Well, it turns out that uh, amongst uh, shortly after sending her uh, her topless photos to Max, they now start dinging in Max's phone like crazy because she sent him like five. And, you know, his phone is going off and his wife's like, who's that? And he's like, oh, uh, there's just bad service. I'm getting all my emails at once. Oh, work Weird. emails. Yeah. Yeah, and totally. He's, he's so sus about it. So oh, yeah. incredibly, like, awkward and suspicious. Like, this guy's definitely hiding something and doing it badly. And poorly. Really, really failing at it. So, of course, the wife is even more suspicious. You know, uh, Danielle notices that. And then a few moments later, uh, realizes she doesn't have her phone. And so she starts freaking out. But don't worry. The phone was found. Oh, yeah. It is safe and sound. <laughs> By Maya, uh, who uh, the phone was unlocked and she picks it up and notices all of the messages from the Sugar app about yeah. different people trying to meet up with Danielle. And, I mean, she gets real judgy about it. Uh, she like, does. Later, like, confronts uh, Danny about it uh, and, like, in a really, like, judgy, harsh way. But then also is like, but don't worry, it's around somewhere. Just hope you find it before someone else does. Oh, by the way, it's unlocked because she knows the passcode. She unlocked it yes. and left it unlocked, like to be malicious and like, damn girl, how how hurt are you that like <laughs> right. you're willing to do that because that's just mean. Yeah. And so uh, the phone is still somewhere, you know, at this point, Danielle's in full panic mode. Uh, you know, she's going all over the place. She's trying to get her parents to leave. And they're like, oh, well, you know, one more thing, blah, blah, blah. She eventually makes her way outside uh, to meeting with Maya. Mm -hmm. uh, shortly after, they they have their big blowout fight. And then they end up kissing and kind of making nice you know, when she's like, I missed you, I missed you too, like blah, blah, blah. So it seems like they've, so they've sort of reconciled. And in uh, comes Danielle back into the Shiva. You know, again, like she's feeling a little better, but Max is still there. Uh, and, you know, she uh, is, is in the kitchen. Max confronts her again. And she says the statement like, uh, you know, you really, you know, he he's like, I don't think we should do this anymore. Like, I think this is done. And she's like, yeah, well... You know, we we should you should really come stop talking to me before your wife finds out. And we turn, and the wife is right there. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. She is right there uh, watching, seemingly heard everything. Uh, and you know, she says, "Max, it's time we go." Yes. A uh, couple of interesting uh, timeline things to note. Um, there is a point, kind of like maybe halfway through, where uh, Danny follows Max into the bathroom. And attempts to go down on him. He stops her and leaves. And that's like, it's shortly after that that he does the the whole, like, I think we need to end this. Um, yeah. But the, <clears throat> then the, the, you know, the, the kind of makeup conversation with uh, Maya happens. And then Maya finds, finds the phone and blows up on, on Danny again. So it's just this constant roller coaster of like, oh, maybe things are going to go. No, they're not going to go okay at all. They're just definitely not. Like, things are going to go horribly wrong. Yes, everything that can go wrong is, in fact, going wrong. 
Uh, so and Danny can't get out the door fast enough, but of course, every time he tries to leave, someone else is there in the way. And like, there's even a point where, like, to me, it almost became full, like, sidestepped thriller and went into full horror because there's just this scene where like everyone is just closing in on her, and everywhere she turns, there's a face that's asking the same, same intrusive questions, and I'm just like. Holy shit, I don't know how much more of this I can take. <laughs> right. And, you know, of course, among this, she's trying to get her parents to leave, but she's still frantically looking for her phone. But fear not, people, uh, for a for a second time, her phone has been found, and it is uh, safe and sound. Um, and uh, the person that found it is Kim, who returns <laughs> it to her and says, oh, I found your phone, by the way. Do you think Maya gave her the phone? I think Maya left the phone in a place where Kim would find it. I don't think yeah. Maya gave it to her. I also, I love that, like, Kim doesn't really go into any additional detail. She doesn't, like, confront or go off on Danny. Like, there's none of that. And, like, it almost seems like she pro- like she's mad at Danny, but, like, is probably more mad at Max, rightfully so. Uh, and just like kind of hints, like, I know what's going on, but this is not the time or place. And I liked that again, like really, really like good job on the writing to make a lot of this very believable. Yes. Um, uh, yes. Which I think is really great. You know, she is, I mean, in all fairness, you know, Danielle do has, uh, does have a very good, not excuse, but does have a very good reason for all of this because, she didn't know that Max is married. This is all on Max. Like, mm-hmm. Danielle has done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important, you know, the, the movie doesn't necessarily point that out, but I think it's really important that we point it out. Danielle is not in fault in any way about this whatsoever. No. Um, and it's very important that we state that. The the only time when I would say that, that Danielle oversteps is when she tries to keep things going with Max even after realizing he has a wife and child and has been lying to her. Uh, that's the point when, like, the client and worker uh, relationship probably should have just, like, you know what? Like, we're, we're done. We don't, we don't even have to discuss this. I think we're just done. Yes, right? Like, yes. Um, so, you know, she gets her phone back. Uh, she's like, I'm going to leave the room. Kim kind of starts following her in, and she's like, hold the baby, hold the baby, which I know this is supposed to be sort of like a guilt trip moment um, to which, you know, Danielle keeps being like, no, I don't want to hold your fucking baby. And she keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Danielle finally holds the baby. The baby immediately starts crying. Oh, because one of the things, uh, her background story is that she was a babysitter. Yeah. And Kim keeps being like, she's a babysitter, right? This this should be a cakewalk for her, right? She's a yep. babysitter. She keeps saying she's a babysitter. And so she shoves the baby on her. Danielle's holding the baby. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to like feed the baby. She's like, no, please stop. Like whatever. She ends up bumping and knocking over, um, a glass and a bunch of, uh, I would assume, uh, holy books, uh, uh that all fall to the ground. They also mentioned something about grandma. So I think somebody's urn got knocked over too. 
Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, the baby goes back. This is when Danielle has her full breakdown. Yeah. Now, also another point that Danielle has a, has another moment earlier where, um, you know, she was leaning down to touch the baby. She stands up and knocks over a thing of coffee, which gets all over her, which is what uh, sends her with her mom to try to clean up the coffee stain all over um, her. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, might have gotten on the baby. The baby starts crying. She's like, I'm sorry. Did it get on her? Like, I was trying not to uh but anyway so danielle full full on breaks down at this moment she is on her knees crying she's picking up the books you know kissing them putting them on the on the shelf kissing them putting on the shelf her mom comes up to her and is like honey are you okay like talk to me what is going on and she just says i can't and she's just breaking down being like i can't bawling her eyes out you know obviously maya at this point feels bad Mm -hmm. you know max and kim leave uh, you know, she goes out, she's out waiting. Now they're waiting for dad to pull the van around. Remember the van, the van, uh, very important. <laughs> so Dan pulls the van around or dad pulls the van around Maya and her mom get in the van with them. Uh, her and uh, Danielle and Maya sit in the back seat. They get their cute little moment where they, they get to hold hands. Uh, another old lady joins the, the van too, because she couldn't get a car and look who else is sitting there waiting for uh, a ride. And Dad just absolutely insists that there's room in the van for everybody. And so as uh, Kim and Max and Baby are frantically trying to uh, to get a, a car to come out when uh, Max's phone is apparently dead. And so he says, I don't believe him for a second. Right. Uh, and you know, Kim is already past her breaking point. Dad is just like, no, no, this room, everybody, everybody squeezed in, girls move back. And just like, no, no, we couldn't, no, we insist. Like, no, there's a, a lot of people telling each other no and nobody listening. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Ev- eventually everyone just crams in the van. And it's the most awkward van ride ever. It really is. Uh, and that's kind of the theme of this movie is uh danielle consistently trying to put up set boundaries and everybody breaking them yes <laughs> every just, single person this whole movie is the wrong people in small tight spaces together and just awkwardness ensues yeah and uh so the movie ends with uh maya and danielle holding hands in the back seat of the car uh you know after danielle's had her breakdown um, and that's it. What happens to Maya? We don't know. Does she still talk to Max? Does she really break it all off? You know, is, is her and Maya getting back together? Is she going to clean up her act and do some sort of school? Or is she going to pursue whatever art thing they kept referencing she was going to do? Yeah. We don't know. That's not, that's not this type of movie. We, we just don't. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It really doesn't. So Shiva Baby, uh, written and directed by Emma uh, Semelden. Should you watch this movie? Whew, that's a that's a loaded question. So here's the thing. If you've listened this far, you probably get the impression that like we thought this was a good movie. We enjoyed this movie. It is a very, very stressful movie. And if you don't want that or need that in your life, then no, skip it. But if you're okay with that, or like if this kind of thing just doesn't bother the, bother you, then yeah, I mean, the writing is fantastic. Everything has a payoff. Everything is in its place. This is some of the cleanest writing uh, from the perspective of like loose ends tied. And also, yeah, just like I, I love that just 
like you said, probably like eight hour slice of someone's day. It goes horribly wrong. And then that's all we ever learn. That's it. What was the movie we reviewed? Uh, like Rachel getting married or something like that uh, the one with Annie Hathaway. Yeah. Rachel getting married. Yeah. So this movie reminded me of that movie, but like if somebody handed, like if somebody handed me that script and was like, Hey, can you like, pump this up and make it a little more modern. Make this even more awkward. Make this even more awkward and make me feel for the main character more. Uh, and, you know, for a younger audience, I'd be like, yeah, this is probably what would result in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a good movie, but it is that same sort of scenario of like, you know, not well person attends an event where everybody tests their mental yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> abilities. Yes. Uh, and it did not go well every time. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is a, this is a recommend with a caveat for me. Yes. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, same thing. If it's, if the idea of that sort of like scenario of constantly being barraged by questions about your personal life, uh, is, is, you know, uh, upsetting to you, if it's like, oh, too much, this is not the movie for you. Cause you're going to feel it pretty bad. But if mm-hmm. that doesn't bother you and you want to watch a good movie, Shiva Baby is it. It's streaming on Max uh, in America as of time of recording this movie. So that's where you can go uh, listen to it. Um, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. This was good. But you know what happens tomorrow? What? What happens tomorrow? Tomorrow, episode four of our Secret Invasion uh, uh, review is, is drops. So we get a brand new episode this Sunday. We're on episode four of Secret Invasion with uh, Casey and Todd from the Superpod Hero Cast. Uh, so if you're watching Secret Invasion and you know you want to kind of follow along and learn some extra tidbits and stuff like that, make sure to drop a follow, a subscribe or follow on your podcast player of choice. Hey, if you guys are on Stitcher, sorry, Stitcher's going yeah, down. R. We're R. on every other podcast podcast platform so join us at all the others whatever one you decide to go to uh and then you know we can carry on and you can listen to our secret invasion uh podcast episode or watch it on youtube youtube.com slash at night shift mg i'm having a lot of fun having the uh the super pod guys back talking this stuff like that it is always always a hella nerdy deep dive conversation and they bring some fun perspectives uh, to the show so if you haven't caught that then like shame on you shame on you <laughs> uh, i'm especially excited for the end of the year when we get to do loki season two mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. i think that's going to be very exciting to uh to deal with and i'm 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 really looking forward to that because i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a wild time agreed uh cool hey thanks a lot for listening everyone we super appreciate it of course we'll be back monday but we're here every single sunday where we drop brand new episodes again this month is all uh female fronted written or directed films uh next up we have i couldn't even begin to tell you uh because i don't remember um (laughs) but i will find it by the time i am done talking next week we're doing sleeping with other people uh which stars uh jason and Sudeikis. So oh, yeah. uh, definitely check that one out. Um, you know, again, if you hit subscribe, you don't got to worry about it. It'll be in your inbox Sunday morning. It's true. It's like magic. It's, it's just that easy. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us and we will see you next time. Okay. Bye.